one of the things that we do here is empower women to say, you can still do all of those things and choose life and make the right plan for your child. Here we go. We're All back. Right, Catacall Podcast. I have Shelly Sumner, the CEO, and I have Rachel Davis, the Director of Community Relations here at Life Choices Memphis. And we are doing a sequel to an episode <laughs> that never, ever, ever I love uh, it. appeared uh, to, to I don't know, update stuff. But anyway, we're back. And this is cool. I know I talked to y'all at the banquet this year. This one, like the banquet, is the first one on this side of the Roe v. Wade yes. being overturned. So I'd love to talk to y'all about what it is Life Choices do, who y'all are, uh, how you got here, and, and everything like that. So I love it. Well, thank you for having us on, yeah, Isaac. Yeah. We la- The last episode that you lost, I'm very glad you did because I had <laughs> recent <laughs> dental surgery and my, yeah. half of my face was paralyzed, uh, and it probably wasn't a very good interview anyway. I couldn't understand anything Shelly said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shelly's sure drunk. Good. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. So I'm glad you lost that. That was the Lord's provision there. Sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was right, it. Yeah. Right, right, right. God <laughs> yeah. is sovereign in yeah, all things. Yeah, right. things. Um, but yeah, so it's been a really exciting time for us. June 24th will be the year anniversary. So we're going mm-hmm. on a year of abortion being illegal in the state of Tennessee. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, now we have faced plenty of challenges since then. And our work has, we like to say it's not even close to being done. Right. Uh, in fact, in some ways it's just getting started. Yeah. So it's like the end of the beginning, right? The yeah. end of the beginning. So now is the time where we are fighting, rolling up our sleeves, mm-hmm. really, uh, getting to work and showing the world what it means to truly love mm-hmm. a mom mm-hmm. and her baby and the father. Mm-hmm. So we have never just been about pro birth. We hope the babies right. S- right. live and that's the end of our ministry. We are all about loving that woman in whatever circumstance and situation she finds herself in and really walking through with her that journey. You Mm -hmm. know, we don't want to leave her with a child and no idea what to do with it. So we at Life Choices have all of these resources and steps to where she can make a plan that she can live with and her baby can live with. And that's what we're all about here. Mm. Yes, I, mm. I love that. Good job. Oh, yeah. thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have my coffee. <laughs> yeah. There it is, CEO. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, well, I, I'm just excited that we are still getting the message out to listeners, to churches, to mm. anyone in the community who thinks that just because Roe v. Wade was overturned that, oh, well, we you know, crisis pregnancy centers, pregnancy medical help centers mm-hmm. don't need us anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's actually further from the truth. What what we've been seeing is that now um, the abortion industry has, has changed, has um, redesigned itself, mm-hmm. um, rebranded, if you will, uh, to be mobile, to be accessible to anybody, even if you're in a state that where abortion is illegal. Right. Um, and so I think that, that we need to speak to, um, you know, being in Tennessee, 
I think a lot of Tennesseans think that now that the law has has changed, that uh, there that there's no longer abortion mm. in the state, and that's just simply not true. Okay. Yeah, I think that what we need to have people know is that it's just changed. Whereas there used to be a static target, mm-hmm. right? Oh, this is an abortion facility. We know mm-hmm. that they're there. Okay. This is where the enemy is, or this is, you know, what, where that's happening. We've now gone to um, a moving target with the abortion pill being accessible um, all across the nation, even in states where abortion is illegal, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it just can't be pinned down now. And so that's difficult. So the work is absolutely not yeah. done. Right. Okay. One of my fears, especially um, as soon as Roe v. Wade was overturned, it kind of dawned on me that now we are, like you said, Rachel, we're we're going to be fighting a moving target. And oh, Rachel and I have personally gotten on websites and been able to com- almost fully complete the process of ordering abortion pills to be right, shipped to right. our own houses here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We've seen clients come in that have taken... 12, 13 pills at a time. There's no medical oversight. There's no requirement Mm -hmm. of um, even being pregnant in order to order the pills. Mm -hmm. You can stockpile them. You can give them out to friends. Uh, Obviously, there's no no medical oversight to determine Mm -hmm. whether the woman has an ectopic pregnancy, in which case that abortion pill won't even... uh, address that issue and it's a life-threatening issue ectopic means the pregnancy is actually in the fallopian tubes it's not in the uterus Oh, okay Uh, and so the abortion pill won't rectify that problem okay however her life is at risk and she needs that taken care of immediately um and that's determined by an ultrasound that's determined by an ultrasound so uh, again they are there's no medical oversight here. Mm. There's a lot of things that need to be determined before someone is just issued an abortion pill. Mm-hmm. One of those being how far along are you? Mm-hmm. Some of the clients that we see think they're a few weeks along and they end up being 21, 22 weeks. Goodness gracious. So if you're taking abortion pills on top of that, there's a huge risk of hemorrhaging and all kinds of things. And so that became a big concern of mine pretty soon on once we started seeing how things were developing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the programs that we just implemented here at Life Choices that I'm super uh, happy that we're doing, we've been wanting to do it for a long time, is our abortion pill reversal. And a lot of people okay. don't even know that <laughs> yeah. that's possible. I, I, I see yeah. your fact, you're yeah. like, I don't know what that is. I've never heard, I keep up and I've never heard of that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. A lot of nurses have never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I want to say I've, I'm sensing that there's an intentional keeping people in the dark on on this possibility, yeah. but absolutely, um, there is a way to reverse the effects of the abortion pill if we catch it in time. The woman mm-hmm. uh, takes that first pill and mm-hmm. has regret, which we see a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a regimen that we can do pretty quickly to get those effects reversed. So we did all that we could here at our clinic to make sure that once we start getting those phone calls and Mm -hmm. we got our first one last week, Mm -hmm. um, that we can see that woman and give her the health care that she needs to get things hopefully uh, reversed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I I love that when we we talk about how... part of my job is being mm-hmm. in the community and telling yeah. people um, about what we do and who we are. And when I talk about abortion pill reversal, nobody knows what that is. Um, it's 
we we have students, uh, nursing students that come through our facility, and even they don't know mm. what it is. And if it's not being taught to our nursing students and medical students at Christian universities, we can 100% guarantee that it's not being taught right. to medical students in liberal uh, medical schools and you know secular universities. Um, and so we have to educate on that to that. Yes, it is very, um, time sensitive and, um, but that this, when we talk about saving babies, mm. right, everyone in the pro-life world wants to save the babies, right. but this literally has the potential to save the life of an unborn child in the womb. Mm-hmm. Okay. How, uh, quickly do these abortion pills take effect? Is it, is it like, I mean, is it only like one of them or is it like a thing you're on, like a prescription? It's almost? pretty immediate. Again, there's not a lot of medical oversight. So a lot of mm. our clients are not taking them as directed. Okay. But the I, idea is that you take a series of two pills. So the first will uh, be what cuts off the basically supply of nutrients to the womb. Mm. So you're, the baby is starving and that's the first pill. Um, the second pill is what eliminates the contents of the uterus. So if we can get her before she takes that second pill, um, hopefully within 48 to 72 hours, there's a yeah. chance, there's a 60% chance that we can have a success rate where that wow. baby will have a normal, complete, normal life and be able to have life. Yeah. And can you take those pills up to like the very last trimester and they still work? You're not supposed to. Right. You're not supposed to. Um, The abortion pill uh, was always intended for early first trimester um, abortion. And um, but again, with it being sold and Mm. no medical oversight. And when I'm talking sold, I mean, it's coming from overseas, Russia, China, India, Mexico, um, Mm. countries that have little to no oversight of uh, their manufacturing uh, industry mm-hmm. when we talk uh, big pharma, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, so that's not being that's not being regulated, and so women have no idea when they're ordering these pills what they're even getting. How do we? How do you even know? Um, and so that and that just poses a bigger threat because what if you didn't really mm-hmm. get an abortion pill? What if you got something else and then you have some adverse effects and you go into the emergency room? You have no idea what to tell them about Mm -hmm. what you took. Mm -hmm. Um, And so women who take the abortion pill have a significantly higher rate of death by abortion when they take the abortion pill. Uh, We talk about how abortion is relatively safe. Like that's what the world likes to say, that abortion is is safe and legal. It's like Uh, going to the dentist. Right. It's it's just Uh no big deal. Um, But the statistics show that women who take the abortion pill are at a greater risk of death than someone who chooses surgical abortion mm-hmm. because we just don't know because there's no medical oversight. Wow. And is that abortion pill, is it outlawed in Tennessee at all or we haven't gotten that far? Yes. It's outlawed, but again, there's just, it's right. hard to regulate what comes in the mail. So, and that's our concern right. as we, yeah, we're that's seeing the biggest. clients that mm-hmm. are accessing mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. um, that's definitely been a challenge for us this year yes and and there are all sorts of groups who are ready and willing to say we will help you get this pill we will um, pay for this pill we will 
you know, will help yeah. you work around the loopholes if right. there are any. Um, and that's just not women's health care. Mm-hmm. That is healthcare. Se- healthcare seeks mm-hmm. to uh, protect and preserve life when possible. And the abortion industry is the exact opposite. The intent of the abor- abortion industry is to kill somebody. You don't have a, se- a successful procedure unless one person walks out of there not alive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know you were, we were talking earlier, and I'll say so I, I won't get in trouble, but <laughs> when you're talking about ordering these abortion pills, you know, through the mail, I saw something on Twitter where I get all my trusted news. Right. Yes. Right. It's all Twitter. reliable. Love yes. Uh, <laughs> no lies detected. Yeah, no. And it was something, I, this is a couple months back now, where they were ordering abortion pills through Amazon. Because mm. you could mm. get, you can get them from anywhere now. And yeah. they were saying you could do it through Amazon, get it like shipped immediately to your stuff. And so I think that's why I asked when we were talking about how you guys were looking at ordering them and, you know, are there any safeguards up at all? And I asked Rachel about, well, so could anyone just buy them and resell them? And that's exactly what's going on. Yes. I personally, I think that um, we need to be putting as much focus on uh, how accessible the abortion pill is in the exact same measure that we are talking about the fentanyl crisis in America, because mm-hmm. that is where we're at with the abortion pill. Wow. It is being resold on the streets. There is no medical oversight. It's chemicals coming in from who knows where. And it's the exact same thing as fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Like when, when we talk about the, the level of crisis yeah. in healthcare with this, this is what we're talking about. That personally, I think that if we're going to focus our attention here, then we need to be focusing our attention on the abortion pill as well. Mm-hmm. And part of that too is I think, um, I know personally speaking, before I started working for Life Choices and fell in love with this ministry, I considered myself pro life. You know, yeah, I right. voted accordingly, but that was as far as it went. Mm. And I think for our listeners, really just encouraging each of you to take a more concerted stand, Mm. stand with us on this. Don't stay on the fence. This is a huge, literally life and death issue that we're facing here. Mm -hmm. And we see it every day. Rachel and I see it every day in our clinic, but, um, we need believers to stand with us on this, take a stand for life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Like I said, I, I, thought I was pro-life and considered myself, mm-hmm. you know, doing all of the right things, but really putting my faith to action, mm-hmm. um, has made a world of difference for me personally, just feeling like, okay, now I can do something about this mm-hmm. and each of us can do something about this, but we all have to do mm-hmm. something about right. this. <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel like we've gone from, you know, uh, when we talk about how there, there's a huge portion of, um, people that think, well, this is not really my issue. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really have, I'm not a, maybe I'm not a woman or I've never been pregnant or I'm not planning on having kids or just whatever, whatever puts you in that category of this isn't really an issue that I think applies to me. Um, I would say I would push back on that and I would say, absolutely it, mm-hmm. it is because what we've done is we've given other people the power to say who lives and who dies. Mm-hmm. Right. And what I'm seeing, and I think what we're all seeing in our culture is that there's a shift. And when we don't, when we're not valuing life from the very beginning in the womb, preborn, 
Mm-hmm. We are we are where the world is now, where um, assisted uh, euthanasia, um, you know, yeah. con- other countries that won't pay for uh, terminal illness drugs, but they'll pay for life-ending drugs. Um, other therapists who are seeing people for mental health issues like anorexia mm-hmm. and bulimia, things that are uh, treatable with uh, mental health professionals. Uh, you have uh, therapists in Colorado who are saying, well, um, I have some anorexic patients and now uh, they, they're, they're not going to be able, they're, they don't, they're plateaued, they're not going to get any better. Um, and so I've, I've suggest life-ending drugs to them. Mm. And this is happening Good in Colorado, in the United wow. States. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we've done is we've, we've gotten on this slippery slope because we've all said, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me. That doesn't apply to me. Well, at some point, I'm going to say yeah. it is going to apply to you. And at that point, it's going to be too late for you to use your voice to say, no, my life is valuable. And I do not want the government's support of me ending this life or someone else saying I should end my life. Right. So that's that's where we've gone with this. Right. We are all going to eventually shift into where we're the marginalized, we're the vulnerable, yes. and now it's too late to speak up. Right. I know even in our own state, yeah. okay. one of the things on the table during this session was to allow abortion with fetal abnormalities. Well, I don't know about y'all, but my own daughter, we saw things on our ultrasound okay. with her. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up being born completely healthy and, and Mm -hmm. lives a normal, happy life. Uh, That's again, that slippery slope of, okay, well, her life doesn't have value now because we're seeing on an ultrasound that she might have something wrong with her. Right. Down syndrome is another great example. Of course we know down syndrome individuals are a joy, a joy, absolute joy, the most beautiful, beautiful humans I've ever met. Why are we allowing that as an option for parents to choose abortion for these beautiful children that have Down syndrome? Right. Again, it's that same mentality of, well, you're not valuable enough to our society. So right. we're going to make right. it legal to eradicate you. Mm. You know, and it, it very it's a much, dangerous place to be. Yes. Mm. Um, we, we, we need to know that every life is valuable um, and and I, Shelly, I, I know you, we, mm. we think that because we're created in the image of God, that's right, right. why you have value, not because of how much you're going to be able to put towards the gross domestic product, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, you're valuable because God yeah. says you're valuable, um, um, because you are his and you're made in his mm-hmm. image. Mm-hmm. So, um, that I think is, is, I, that's my prayer is that, that we can all wake up and see, uh, that we are more valuable than just what we can produce and how we can mm-hmm. work. Right. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, what do y'all think has, I don't know, like catalyzed this shift so recently? Cause I remember now I know I'm a little bit younger, but 10 years ago I'm in high school and like abortion was not a controversial topic because no matter how you voted or if you went to church at all or anything, it was like, yeah, like that's just slaughtering a baby. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like there, no one really had a stance. It wasn't politicized or anything. And now if I say anything on Facebook, which I have, <laughs> uh, but the book you know, of faces, yeah, exactly. Yes. And they talk about, Oh, well, it, it's reproductive health. It's women's health care. It's women's like bodily autonomy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a, a few of us have stayed behind where it's like, hold on, hold on. Isn't didn't we all agree like 10 years ago it was slaughtering babies mm-hmm. and then now it's 
I'm being lectured for how hateful I am for saying this is actually the opposite of like empowering a woman. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, what, what, what have y'all seen that has just, I don't know, propelled that shift so fast? Mm. I think a lot of it's just politics, mm. you know, um, mm. it's been a line drawn in the sand. And basically if you're, if you consider yourself mm. a Democrat, now you're forced to, uh, say that you're pro-choice, you know, whereas 10, 15 years ago, mm. there were conservative Democrats. Now it's like, you have to be so liberal if you're on one side and then, mm. or you're pro-life and you're on the other side. So again, it's, it's a political okay. thing and a cultural thing. And instead of thinking for ourselves, we're, we're thinking in a kind of group mentality mm. of, okay, well, I'm voting this way, so now I have to check all these boxes mm. or else I'm going to be ostracized, mm. you know? And again, I, it's very sad to me right, right. Um, that it's, it's come to such a divide in our country. Um, but I do think that that's really what's caused it yeah. is the politi- there's political a, There's scene. definitely, there's just um, a culture shift towards death yeah. in our nation. Mm. And I think that you can see that with um, the murder rate. I think that you can yeah. see that with um, the epidemic levels of fatherlessness in homes in the United States. Mm. Um, I think that the uh, breakdown of the family yeah. has yeah. made a huge shift in what we think. Um, the The traditional roles that were defined for men and women for so long um, there is none of that anymore. Everyone is confused about who they are. And yeah. if, you know, yeah. if they're a man or a woman or a cat, I don't know, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, um, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, when we don't have a clear identity mm-hmm. and a purpose, we're, we're just wandering. We're just out mm-hmm. there floundering and, you know, hurting people hurt people. Yeah. And so I think that, um, I think that the breakdown of the family is huge. Yeah. Another thing too, that's been a burden for me is I don't think the church has done a very good job of Mm. standing for truth. You know, now we're seeing this big Mm. movement of progressive Christianity where it's basically your truth, my truth. I can't stand when people say my truth. It's not, there is one truth Yeah. and it's Jesus Christ. That's right. And this whole progressive Christianity where we can pick and choose what we believe in the Bible is not mm. healthy right. for any of us. Mm. And what it's doing is it's confusing generations mm. of people yes. into thinking, well, this feels good to me. So it's mm. truth that feels good to you. So that's truth. And no one is brave enough to speak truth into someone's life anymore and say that lifestyle is not God's mm. will for you. That's mm. not truth. So it's, again, it's this cultural shift where we can all just do yeah. our own thing and whatever feels yeah. good is, is the right thing. Yeah. And for our clients, uh, when we, when we build relationships, which basically that's what we do. Why do we do that? Because that's what Jesus did. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus built relationships <clears throat> and while he was the truth, mm-hmm. when he met people, he was not content to leave them where they were right. because that was, that was them. And he, yeah, and right. he loved them like they were. Yes. He loved them like they were, but he loved them enough to say, leave it all and follow me. Right. Take up your cross and follow me. Right. And so what does that mean? Die to yourself 
and follow me. Mm-hmm. And so when we build relationships with our clients, we're able to speak truth into their lives in a way that they feel loved. And, you know, for so many of our clients, um, much of their life has been marked by bad decisions and bad cycles and generational poverty and this, that, and the other. And when you just speak truth and love into that, you see people's lives truly transformed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not us. It's not anything that we're doing. It's mm-hmm. it's what Christ does through us in this ministry that is changing lives. And what we do when we have a culture of life is we is we're making impacts for generations. Mm-hmm. We're helping women through the power of the Holy Spirit and and the power of the church that supports when I say big C, yeah. big mm-hmm. C, right? Supporting this culture of life, that's where you're able to make these changes. These changes like uh, one of our moms who, um, you know, was out of school, but she was a great student. She needed to be back there. And how do we get you back there? Yeah. Um, you know, how do we get you a car? How do we get you a great job that you can support these kids that you chose life for? Uh, how, how do we do that? Mm-hmm. And, and it's just mm-hmm. through a culture of life, like speaking life into people. Um, and so if, you know, if you're seeing this, or if you're hearing this and you need to hear a message of life, Jesus is the way mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, I, I've been a person who in my own past, my own mm-hmm. decisions, I was wreck. I, I would have told you that I thought I was making great decisions, but everything, yeah. it never worked out. Why did it never work out? Cause I was making these, these crazy decisions and all it took was somebody speaking Jesus into my life mm-hmm. that changed me. And that is what is happening inside our ministry every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to talk about Y'all's ministry before I start ranting about pregnant men, (laughs) (laughs) people who menstruate and all that. Uh, So life choices, Uh, what are all the services you guys provide? I know uh, you'll kind of have the reputation as a pro-life, any Mm pro-life ministry where it's just like you're almost just the response to Planned Parenthood, you know? Mm -hmm. So that doesn't ever do it justice, what a lot of pro-life ministries are doing. So what, what is life choices doing? I'm so glad you Let's asked go. that Let's question. Go, Let's go. Let's uh, go. So Life Choices is this community's only pregnancy medical center. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been around since 1986. So what is that? Th- Almost 40 years. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm, yeah. I'm, we need to start planning our 40th yeah, birthday a party. party. Yeah, there Rachel's it is. I'm planning mine. Year. Mine next <laughs> yeah. month going to be 40. In 11 so. years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we have been around since 86 and we provide pregnancy mm-hmm. testing, uh, confirmation of pregnancy, ultrasounds. We do SDI testing, diagnosis and treatment. Mm-hmm. We have parenting classes. We have counseling. Uh, we are a licensed adoption agency in Mississippi and Tennessee. So okay. um, mm-hmm. I love that part of our ministry because we not only are helping a mom make a plan, but we have these wonderful adoptive families that are okay. waiting. If that is the choice they, they, if that's the plan that they want to make is to make an adoption plan. Okay. We have that right there for them to go ahead and start making that plan. Um, and then we also have a post abortive ministry called hope. So okay. we understand and recognize that there are millions of women in our country who have had abortion in their past Um, and it is not something that's going to go away. It's not something that you can just tuck away in a corner in your life and move on. Most every woman has, um, 
guilt and shame and struggles with that Mm -hmm. um, for years. Mm -hmm. And so this ministry is beautiful and it's led by some amazing women who also have abortion in their past and can help walk through with each woman that healing process. And we have a a wonderful Bible study that goes with that. So that's another part of our ministry. We also uh, have a baby boutique and baby prep classes. (laughs) Yes. 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 So you can, our moms go shopping in there and that's completely supplied by volunteers. So we have some amazing volunteers that will come in and help us keep it, keep it straight. And we have donations coming in all the time and you cannot outgive yeah. the baby yeah. boutique. We, yeah. <laughs> we will load women's trunks yeah. up with stuff yes. and the next day it'll be right back in the, in the store. God provides. Oh, wow. God provides. Yeah. So that's another beautiful part yeah. of our ministry. Yeah. And we just launched our men's program not too long ago. Yeah. Father's okay. day will okay. be a year. Yes. We're excited. So again, you know, another, another way that we saw as a ministry, kind of that missing link, you know, we, we're ministering to the moms, we're ministering mm-hmm. to the babies, we're helping the babies. But what about the dads, the dads that come in and right, say, right. I really want to be a dad. I want to break that cycle of, of bad fatherhood in my life. You know, what, how do I learn how to be a, a dad? Mm-hmm. And we have some am- amazing mentors that have stepped up that are men in this community that mm-hmm. love the Lord, that want to be coming alongside these men and mm-hmm. helping them be good fathers. So another great program that we just started. Yep. And don't we love how all of the programs that we're doing sound like biblical truths that we should be living out on a daily basis anyways. What, oh, yeah. what an amazing yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. What um, else have we started? Birth mother support group. Yes. We've got that back going. Okay. So is that people that they've already given birth or they're pregnant and they're just all together or what? So um, the birth mother support group is okay. for any woman who, um, be, it, be it a client of ours or not, okay. um, and whether she made an adoption plan five years ago, five months ago, or 50 years ago. um, This is a a community for birth moms. And so they're getting together and they are walking the road together Mm -hmm. and and what that looks like for them. Um, When we talk about adoption, we talk about how how beautiful it is. and, And that is true, but we also know that it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for a birth mom and we always want our birth moms to feel seen as a matter of fact that's the name of, of the curriculum that they go through it's called seen um okay. because we we want them to be seen um by the community we know they're seen by by the lord um but they they sometimes can feel like they've just been the vehicle if you will of how a family gets a baby and we don't want her to ever feel forgotten mm-hmm. um, because she made a sacrificial uh, choice right. uh, to make an adoption plan. We we love to teach people um, that we don't give up babies for adoption. That's not what we say, right? So um, we want to honor these mothers because they did not give up on anything. Mm-hmm. They made a plan for their baby. Okay. Um, so that that's one thing that I always like to, to throw in a little education tip is, um, you know, if, if we're ever talking about birth moms, mm-hmm. let's always just remember that words have so much weight and they can build people up or tear people down. And so um, she made a plan, mm-hmm. right? She, she, okay. made a, she made a plan for her she baby. She made a very brave, brave choice. Absolutely. And so those women are just mm-hmm. walking in community together. And um, 
they're it's just a precious group and i'm just so glad uh when when i see their meeting on the calendar i'm like oh that's just so great I, i love that um and you know when we talk about adoption it's uh it's it's not the biggest piece of what we do actually mm-hmm. uh, most of our clients actually choose to parent um and so uh, but but we do love love that adoption piece and um uh, another thing i just want to throw in i don't even know how much time we have we're just talking I'm, I'm we're just talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um you know again I, I like to always think about what people in the world say and yeah. and people who maybe don't have a, a biblical or even maybe a pro-life view. And so when we say, well, that's great. You want people to choose life and you want people to adopt. But what about the kids in foster care? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hear that. Yeah, we hear that a lot. Um, okay. And so, you know, what... <laughs> kind of the the real answer and then the the funny sarcastic answer Uh, Uh, the funny sarcastic answer is um do you get upset when um the march of dimes right who who's they they help premature Uh babies um you know do we get upset with them that they don't do blood drives like like lifeblood yeah right right Do, do we get mad no. no, no, nobody cares. No, because Lifeblood does that. <laughs> right, they're focused on that. And the, and the March of Dimes helps premature babies. Okay, we're we're a pregnancy medical clinic. Okay, so we we help moms uh, with pregnancy. We help moms mm-hmm. make adoption plans. It doesn't have anything to do with foster care, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's a big mis- misconception. Mm-hmm. Is that it? It it's it's somehow linked to the foster care network, mm-hmm. and that's not true. Um, anyone who's making a birth plan, that baby doesn't go, that's not foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, foster care is something completely different. It's done by the state. Um, and they're just, we're two separate worlds. Right. Okay. <laughs> but let's, that's good. Uh, before you finish with your real answer, <laughs> I have to just say the basis of that argument is, okay, so you don't want the baby to be born because they might be put in foster care. So let's just kill the baby. You know, when you kind of put it down to that, it's yeah, kind of like, yeah. wait a yeah. minute. So what about a toddler that's about to be put into the foster care system? Mm-hmm. I guess let's just go kill the toddler. Right. Because foster care is right. terrible. You know, right. like when right. you think about the root of the argument, it doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense. But and go, there go are, ahead. well, <laughs> and, and the, the true statistics are there are more families mm-hmm. waiting to adopt babies than adoptable yeah. babies in the United States. Let me say that again. I'm glad you said that. There are more families waiting to adopt than babies that are adoptable. The purpose of foster care will always be reunification with biological families, as it should. Mm -hmm. Right? We want to have families intact and together. That's that's one of the best places that a child can be if it's a healthy mother and a father or a healthy mother or a healthy father. Mm -hmm. That's the best place a child can grow up. If that's not the stable environment that they're getting, that is when foster care needs to be utilized. But as far as newborn babies just languishing away in foster care, waiting for homes, that's just that's not just false happening. No. It's just a false narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is making the adoption process so hard? Is it is this good that it's so I don't know strenuous? I think so. I mean, you don't just want any Yahoo adopting Mm -hmm. a child, you know, and especially at Life Choices, we are very, uh, very diligent in doing home studies and interviewing the parents. There's a long application process. There's a lot that goes into it, a lot of different requirements. Um, Again, because 
where a a child is set up, you want them to be set up for success. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that doesn't just come overnight. You know, we want to very much vet our families. So our families at life choices are fully and thoroughly vetted. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think any good, um, adoption agency Mm -hmm. is going to work with adoptive families to, um, connect them to all types of grants Mm -hmm. and, um, churches that support families that are adopting. Mm -hmm. A lot of churches now are starting, uh, financial funds, uh, for families that are adopting. Um, and so, uh, Judy, our director of adoption, she is amazing at what she does. She is always helping our adoptive families figure out a way mm-hmm. that if, if they feel called to be an adoptive family, then we will help them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as committed to the biblical model of a family, right, a married husband and wife, mm-hmm. um, that's important to us. She's going to help them if they want to adopt she's going to help them figure out a way to do that. And most of the cost is legal. Most all of the cost is legal, uh, legal fees and that kind of thing. We don't no no -hmm. no one's making money here off of adoptions. Like that's just, that's also a false narrative. You know, like there, there might be some, who knows there might just, just like there are good doctors and bad doctors. There's probably good agencies and bad agencies. You know, Mm -hmm. that's where that vetting process comes in Mm -hmm. to know, really know who you're, who you're doing business with. And, and who, who do they support? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Real quick. Can I get more coffee? Is that possible? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when we talk about just, uh, adoption agencies, uh, you okay. know, uh, overall in the U S there are not many pregnancy medical centers like life choices across the U S that are facilitating adoptions. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if anyone knew that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there, we are one of five out of so there are 3000 pregnancy centers oh wow in the united states doing similar things that we are doing so um for example 20 2500 of that 3000 uh, they're offering like a baby boutique, right? We okay. talked a little bit about the baby boutique, right? Those tangible things that moms need mm-hmm. um, to get started. Um, and then there are about 2,100 that offer okay. ultrasounds like Life Choices of Memphis does, okay. right? We're using the ultrasound as, as um, a tool. Um, there, Then the numbers start to kind of dwindle, right? Yeah. So uh, about 800 out of 3,000 are uh, testing for sexually transmitted infections. Okay. So we've gone from 3,000, now we're kind of dwindling our services. So Life Choices of Memphis is one of those 800-ish uh, centers across the nation. So then it, it drops even lower to about 560-ish of being able to treat those sexually transmitted infections and life choices of Memphis is one of those. Um, our nurses are doing a great job, um, to get clients back in the door, um, with that personal relationship and saying, Hey, we, we, we need to really get you treated for this, especially if you're traveling anywhere and getting an abortion, you need to have, you need to be, you need to have a a good healthcare before you go into an abortion procedure. Mm -hmm. Um, now do we think that's the choice? No. No, we don't, right. but we still want her right. to have the health care that she needs. Mm-hmm. Um, 300 of that 3,000 offer the abortion pill reversal like we talked about earlier. Okay. So we've gone from 
3,000 mm-hmm. life choices is now what? That's the top, top 10%, 10%, top 10% yeah. of mm-hmm. pregnancy centers in the nation. Um, and then from there, it really dwindles. Uh, only five are performing adoptions. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So now we're top 1%. Mm-hmm. There, then we start talking about men's ministries. How many of these centers have men's ministries yeah. on site? I don't even have the numbers for that because it's uh-huh. so minuscule. Um, and then what about post-abortion? Mm. Well, maybe six to 10 have on-site post-abortion uh, healing. Okay. Like we're talking about women who have abortion in their past. Mm. So when we talk about everything that Life Choices is doing, um, mm. we're not just inflating, you know, we're not just saying, oh, you know, we, we want women to choose yeah, life. Right. We are really getting down and doing the work that uh-huh. it takes to, to make changes in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing those lives change. You mm-hmm. know, we, we had 740 something babies born last year, last year. Wow. We know their names. We know their dates of birth. We've got pictures. Uh-huh. We still have relationships with their moms. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, we saw over a hundred women come to faith in Christ last year and make decisions. Uh, and we know wow. that that's going to really change yeah. the trajectory of their, their family life. You know, mm. uh, a mom that's raising their child as believers oh, uh, right. is, yeah. is a huge, yeah. huge thing. So, yeah. Uh, out of those, you said 740 babies mm-hmm. were born. Any idea how many of those were originally like uh, looking at abortion as the option? Yeah. So 90% of our clients are either abortion-minded or abortion-vulnerable. Wow. Uh, and so abortion-minded means they've got an abortion uh-huh. appointment, they've got a plan to get there, or they've ordered the pills. Abortion vulnerable means that um, they're considering abortion and everything in their lives would show a crisis. Really? Okay. Right. So of, of all of the clients that we see, 90% are one of those two categories. Wow. That's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Is there a reason that people are drawn to the idea of abortion? Like if they're coming, like you're saying, abortion vulnerable, is there a reason mm-hmm. where they go, that just, that just makes sense? You know, the number one reason that women choose abortion is not what you would hear in an argument. It's not rape. It's not incest. Yeah. It's not any of that. It's really just, this isn't the right time. Mm-hmm. That's and mostly that comes, what the women say. Yeah. Yes. And that's about 77%. And wow. that number comes from Guttmacher Institute, which is a leading reporter of abortion statistics. So that is okay. not a pro-life yeah, source. Yeah. That is definitely, um, mm-hmm. we, we yeah. use that information that they have, that they yeah, report. Yeah. What, do you know what they say, not to put you on the spot, but mm-hmm. do you know what they say rape and incest percentage-wise? Uh, it's less than 1%. Right. Right? So we're using 1% yeah. of cases to justify abortion 100% of the, almost 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. What do you say to the argument um, when people say, well, people just don't want to report if they're a victim of rape or incest, it's a much higher percentage than that mm-hmm. sub 1%. Well, my answer to that would be uh, people also don't report abortions as, as much as we know. So we have statistics on abortions, but there are states that don't require mm-hmm. any reporting whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, any reporting that we do see most of the time does not include medical abortion. It's just surgical abortions. 
So okay. that's 63 mm-hmm. million number that we know about from the passing of Roe versus Wade uh-huh. until the overturn of Roe versus Wade, 63 million abortions were performed. We don't think that that's even scratching the surface of how really? many actually took place. Mm-hmm. California is a state that does not report oh, numbers on abortion, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and they're at, they they've marketed themselves now as an abortion tourist destination. Right. So one of the oh, largest yeah. you know uh, markets for abortion is also one mm-hmm. of the ones not reporting their numbers. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about rape and incest, what I want people to know, um, because Life Choices of Memphis loves people so 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 dearly, um, if we ever encounter and we have in the past if we ever encounter anyone who's been in the situation of rape or incest sexual abuse one we want that person to be fully empowered to use the full extent of the law Mm -hmm. to name and prosecute their attacker Mm -hmm. and here's the thing that a lot of people don't think about when we suggest abortion to somebody who is raped, several several red flags with that. One, uh, rape is is physically, uh, it's a physically violent and traumatic crime against a person's body. Abortion is also very, it's a very physically violent procedure. Hmm. Uh, when we talk about what actually happens hmm. in an abortion procedure, um, and so we are not taking trauma away from a situation we are adding trauma to a situation that's already traumatic that's already traumatic Mm -hmm. two if a woman is genuinely being sexually assaulted by a what if this is incest and it's long term and it's and it's a father or an uncle what have Mm -hmm. you when we when we tell that woman that she needs to have an abortion what we're most of the time People like that are found out because of a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And if and if she has had an abortion, you know, that that pregnancy could have ha, could have had the potential to have somebody see that and be like, hey, she's pregnant and mm-hmm. she shouldn't be pregnant. Mm-hmm. So what man in her life has done this? Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's shedding light on a crime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course there is always adoption. Um, last year, our banquet video, we heard from a woman who was raped and chose life for her child. And that woman, that child grew into a woman. She's married. She has children of her own. Her husband is a pastor in the Memphis community area. They do mission work together. And she says that her grandchildren she would have missed out on her grandchildren mm, if right. she had listened that people that, that she should have that she should have raped that she should have aborted because she mm. was raped. Mm. Um, the way a person gets here is is not indicative of the value, right? And so, mm. Rebecca, who is who is that woman that we heard from, uh, it's it's very offensive to her when we talk about right. people getting offended about things. Oh yeah, it's it's oh, offensive yeah. to her that someone should say, "Well, someone like you shouldn't exist." Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. really what you're saying. If you say, "Well, what about rape and incest? Abortion should be legal for that." You're looking at people like Rebecca and saying, "We don't need you here." You know, mm-hmm. um, that's really the truth of it. And so it's a sad. Man. Mm-hmm. 
That's a sad way to look at it. You know, one of our favorite um, guys, Dr. Mark Newman, he always, uh, he's, he's a renowned pro-life speaker. This guy knows Mark Newman. You know Mark Newman. I know the name, yeah, yeah. definitely. He's awesome. Um, but one of the things he always says is to walk it back to a toddler. So whenever you're suggesting abortion, yeah, put that baby, instead of being in the womb, to toddler status uh-huh. and all of a sudden everything becomes really clear mm-hmm. you know what about rape and incest well that toddler that i'm looking at every day reminds me of my rape so i'm going to kill him or her yeah. no you're not like yeah, no right, and right. that's the reason that we have a government in place is to protect the rights of the vulnerable mm-hmm. um in, in any instance if someone's suggesting that abortion should be okay you can always say well what about a two-year-old what about a three-year-old mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of makes it clear uh, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, and also too, like at the, uh, fetal level when they always talk about it, just being a clump of cells, it's not mm-hmm. a life yet. It hasn't even turned into a life. I've seen stuff here on tour that completely disproves that. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about that kind of stuff that you guys do, what you offer, what you show people that might even show the, the woman mm-hmm. who is abortion vulnerable, that that is a, a living human being inside of her. Yes. So a lot of the clients we see have no idea about fetal development. You know, Mm -hmm. um, they're not teaching it in schools. We're about to start changing that. We'll talk about that next. All right. Sweet. I Uh, love it. But they're not teaching fetal development in Mm -hmm. schools. And so there is that idea that I need to take care of this problem before it becomes a baby. Well, it's already a baby at the moment of conception. It's Mm -hmm. already an individual life with its own individual DNA Mm -hmm. separate from the mother and the father. By the time that woman finds out she's pregnant, whether it's a home pregnancy test or coming in to see us for a pregnancy test, the heart has already been beating. So there's a heart, there's a beating heart. Um, Most of the time there's brain function, there's uh, fingers and toes, arms and legs being formed, eye sockets, you know, Mm -hmm. all of these things are very early, early stages of the pregnancy. Uh, one of the most beautiful rooms in our whole facility is our ultrasound room. It's, yeah. it's very, we don't want it to feel clinic-y in here at all. It's very calm and yet we're all very professional here. Mm-hmm. We're a real medical clinic. We're not a <laughs> fake one. Um, yeah. Our nurses have uh, what a combined hundred years of experience. Yeah. Over if you, oh, wow. if you total up all of the years, our, our nurses have practiced in various uh, situations, ER, uh-huh. labor and delivery, private practice, uh-huh. uh, combined, they have over a hundred years of nurse practical nursing experience. Oh, wow. They are all wow. licensed RNs. Um, we, we have some uh, nurse practitioner, uh, we're overseen by a medical director who, okay. uh, yeah. reviews every single one of our files and ultrasounds. Yeah. Um, so everything we want to make everything above board and above reproach here at life choices. Right. We, um, we follow HIPAA. Yeah. You know, there are a lot, of, right. well, they don't even have to do HIPAA. Okay. Well, yeah. we, we do. do. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we yeah, do. And right. we choose to go above and beyond, um, mm-hmm. what, what's required of us, um, just to make sure that our patient's privacy and confidentiality fall not only within the HIPAA, but we, we go above mm-hmm. and beyond. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we're, that everybody on staff is, is doing that. So in the ultrasound room, there is a big, huge screen on the wall (laughs) where they can see that baby in action. And we've seen moms go in totally abortion minded and come out crying, going, I can't do this. This is a baby. 
we've seen dads go in there. Same thing. I was just encouraging my girlfriend to have an abortion, but that's, that's my child. I can't do that. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, we have little tiny baby models starting as early as six weeks where you can see even hold in your hand an actual two size scale Mm -hmm. baby and what that form baby looks like already Mm -hmm. and it's not a clump of cells it's a baby that's right 86 percent of women who are abortion minded or abortion vulnerable who get an ultrasound and see their baby on the screen end up choosing life Mm -hmm. 86 percent. yep wow it is a phenomenal tool Mm -hmm. um because women just don't know men just don't know right there has been so much misinformation from the media and from culture and celebrities are part yeah, of the problem. Right, mm-hmm. right. as they accept an award and want yes. to abortion. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, like, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's very much, um, it's it's just a great tool that mm-hmm. we get to, to mm-hmm. show people that this is the truth. Mm-hmm. Here's your heartbeat. Here's yeah. your baby's heartbeat. And they're it's two, two different. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. The other thing that's troubling for me um, that the world will tell a woman is, well, if you have this baby, you can't, there goes your career, there goes your future, there goes your college, there goes whatever. Mm. That is a lie. That is a lie. We, and we should know being in the times that we live, that we can be moms and have careers and go to college and get our master's degree and doctorate, all of these things and still be amazing moms. That's right. So, Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that we do here is empower women to say, you can still do Mm -hmm. all of those things and choose life and make the right plan Mm -hmm. for your child. One of the very first clients I spoke to, she was 15. Wow. Um, and her mother had already made an abortion appointment for her. This was before Roe was overturned. And she did not want to have an abortion. And her mom was insistent. And we were able to tell her, look, you you are the mom here. You can make the decision for yourself and for your baby and for your body. Uh And so she made the the choice for life. But what is so special about this young lady, and I got the chance to talk with her through it, is she wanted to be a neurosurgeon. Oh, wow. And... So I got the privilege of saying, well, guess what? You can still do that. That's right. You can still do that. And here's what we need to do to work towards that. You know, a lot of times with our clients, we'll ask them, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? A lot of times they've never been asked that before. No one's ever asked Mm -hmm. them what their dreams are, what their hopes are, what their aspirations are. They're living day to day. Mm Mm-hmm when you get them alone and they have a chance to make a plan for their lives and see what that can look like, that's when the doors start opening for them. Mm -hmm. They can Mm -hmm. still be great moms and have these careers and have the futures they want, you know, and Mm -hmm. how about this? Have a successful, healthy marriage and not settle for a man who's taking advantage of you forever. You Mm know, uh, we're pouring worth into these clients. We're saying you're worth a better life. Mm -hmm. You're worth a better life. And guess who knows your worth? The Lord, the Mm -hmm. Lord knows your worth and Mm -hmm. you have value through him. So again, speaking that truth over them really is what's making the impact. Mm -hmm. That's right. And we're not just, you know, so, so many people, you know, the, the argument needs or wants to be, you know, well, we're supporting all of these single moms and these people on, on welfare. And, you know, when we talk to our clients, Mm -hmm. no, no woman who is pregnant, you know, 
or before she gets pregnant, no woman wakes up and says, you know what, I think I, I want to be on welfare for the rest of my life. I think I want to live with, with not enough food. And I think I want to be the stereotypical person that yeah. everyone thinks that I should be. Nobody wants that for their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when we make a plan with our client, uh, we're telling them, hey, make a plan. We Around here, we have a, a funny it's it's called a b-hag um and this <laughs> uh-huh. just popped into my head it's it's a a big holy audacious goal okay and so for a client yeah. like what's your huge goal what's a goal that you thought that you might never be able to achieve yeah and for a lot of them it's it's not anything that's you know neurosurgery that's a lot that was a big one you know yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it doesn't mean she can't do it <laughs> right. Um, right but for a lot of them it's just well, I, I wanted to go to college. Okay, well, do you know that in the state of Tennessee, you can go to get an associate's degree at, at no cost? Yeah, for, yeah, for free, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and that's attainable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we really are. We're just meeting these women where they're at and saying, you know, you yes, you can do that. Um, I know that, she, that Shelly is a big, that's her thing is, you know, yes, you can mm-hmm. do this and be a mom. Right. Um, you know, she's a CEO of a, of a major nonprofit. And mm-hmm. she's got three kids. Mm-hmm. So, and Rachel has three kids. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah. do. I have three. I have a twenty, almost twenty-year-old. Yes. Oh wow. So, does it mean there that it's easy and that we right. just live a challenge-free life? Absolutely not. You know, I just ran around like a crazy woman last week with graduation <laughs> yeah. ceremonies yeah. and baseball, baseball, oh, yeah, baseball. all of it. But um, the Lord gives us mm-hmm. grace and mercy for all of it, and. I just, I just think that a lot of times we sell women, women short. short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. You yeah. know, it's, we're all about, you know, empowering women and women's yeah. rights. Well, why are you telling them that they can't be moms and have careers then? That doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. So. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Sorry. Soapbox time. No, no. That, <laughs> awesome. That's what, that is what this is for. That's right. Uh, 